Well, hello, oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co-host, Lexi. And this is Oddities on Elm Street. So, welcome back to episode 47. If you did not know, we posted an episode on Halloween. So, go check that out. And I don't really think I have any, like, business to get into. Let's just fucking... But we're gonna read listener tales, so the one thing I'm going to say is, if you have a story, you can send it in to listenertales at gmail.com. Listenertales at gmail.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we also just finished filming a mini episode. Yes. That will go up on our Patreon. Yes. So if you want to check that out. That is patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street. So, let's get into it. Mm -hmm. Our first story is from Lainey. She says, Hi, friends. Hello. My name is Lainey, and I literally live, eat, and breathe oddities on Elm Street. (laughs) Oh my god, Lainey. (laughs) I love it. Okay. I am so excited to hear this on the pod and hear what you have to say about this craziness that happened to me and my friend when we were kids. If there are a lot of typos, I do apologize. I am working and typing at the same time. Oh, girl. Multitasking is rough. All right. To start off, when I was around 10 years old, my mom, sister, and my freshly new stepdad, one of many. Freshly. Yeah. (laughs) Moved to this trailer park. Setting the scene, I live in Illinois, and the trailer park is in the middle of cornfields and a random-ass set of train tracks that Mm. got used, like, once a month. (laughs) (laughs) I remember this like it was literally yesterday, and my friend, we'll call her Marie, and I swore up and down to take it to the grave. But I guess you guys are just special enough to hear. Oh, fuck yes. I love you. It was a Friday night. Marie and I had just got done night swimming, Mm. and her mom had asked us if we wanted to have a bonfire and roast some hot dogs and marshmallows, and the 10- and 8-year-old kids we were said yes and started started picking up sticks and branches for said fire. Mm. After about two hours of sitting by the fire and jumping back in the pool to get the stickiness off from us from the s'mores, (laughs) that's so relatable, I miss s'mores. Mm -hmm. I should make some tonight. Anyways... Marie's older brother and older sister decided that they wanted to play with the Ouija board. Mm. Uh, Marie was clueless on what was going on, but my unsheltered self, being the youngest of five siblings and needing to feel included, put my hands on the board and decided to say hello with them. I remember Marie's brother asking if there were any, if there was any presence in the yard we were sitting at, and there was indeed. A little boy. The little boy's name was Josh. When we had asked what happened to him, all he said was needle. Mm. Mm. I remember us having our hands on the board and having a side conversation amongst each other, talking about how it must have been an overdose. But the spirits did not like the conversation at all. As we were talking, the little triangle thing that I (laughs) can't remember the name of. (laughs) I always forget the name of that thing. Yeah. We know Um, what you're talking about. Yeah, we know, we know. (laughs) It started frantically spelling out stop over and over again. Oh my gosh. Marie's brother got super spooked out and took both of his hands off the board and started for the house. 
but when we said goodbye to the board and went back inside to check on Marie's brother, he was not okay. We walked into his bedroom to find him huddled up in his closet, shirtless, with three thin but long scratch marks that started at the back of his neck and ended at the waist of his shorts. When we asked him what happened, he said that when he got to his bedroom, he could feel this force pulling him back, but he was so determined to get to his room, he pushed through it, but didn't notice the, stra- the scratches on his back. Safe to say we all stayed across the street at my grandma's that night, because we didn't want to fuck with Josh anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him in the dust. <laughs> Another random little story, I also remember sitting in Marie's living room playing Minecraft on the Xbox one afternoon when it was just her and I at the house. We were sitting on the floor in front of the TV when we heard a noise from the hallway, which we assumed was her dog. But when we walked through the hallway, there was nothing. I remember Marie opening her bedroom door and her three-foot dollhouse that she had just gotten for her birthday just randomly tipped over. It was so heavy, but it had been sitting in that same spot for about a week. She says, weird-ass shit. (laughs) Can you read that last part again? I'm sorry. Yeah. So they opened Marie's bedroom door mm-hmm. and her three-foot dollhouse that she had just gotten for her birthday just randomly tipped over like it was too heavy, but it had been sitting in that same spot for about a week. That's weird. Yeah. Mm. Mm-mm. That's why you don't mess with the Ouija board. There is another video I saw on TikTok about the history of the Ouija board and it's actually really interesting. Because I feel like the Ouija board just proves throughout history that it is an actual thing. Mm-hmm. And like there was a there was a woman who went to like sell the patent to the company that was going to distribute it mm-hmm. pretty much. Because um, now it's owned by Hasbro's, mm-hmm. but before that it was somebody else. And she went there and the guy kind of saw it as like, oh, that's silly, whatever, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Then he thought about it, and he's like, if your silly little board can tell me my name, because I don't know you, you don't know me, we've never met, then I'll do it. And the board spelled out his name. How fucking creepy is that? He's like, okay, I'll sign. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. But throughout its history, there's tons more stories like that where it's like, we should do an episode. To, we should. Mm-hmm. History of the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. All right. Our next story is from Des. All right. Des says, I'm so happy I found your TikTok and podcast. I love the vibes I feel every time I listen while working out. I have many stories as I'm now 30 and my first encounter started at age five. So you may see me around a lot. Mm-hmm. My parents used to drink and party every weekend when I was a kid. The party would always end with my dad shit-faced on the bathroom floor, living room floor, or by the back by the backyard door coming inside. <laughs> it was normal for me that I would always place a blanket on him or wipe his face. Every time they partied, my grandma would get into her stories. A lot of times they sounded more like made-up ones. <laughs> But then there was this one story that made me open up a memory my mind tried to hide from me. Mm -hmm. Everyone had just finished eating and brought out lotteria? Mexican bingo? Hmm. I think that's how you say it. My grandma called out a couple of cards and then went silent. Everyone just looked at her and she was staring in my direction 
but not at me, just in my direction. She said, hi, mijo. It's not her time. I don't like that. Wait. The grandma's looking in her direction, but Mm -hmm. not at her. Mm -hmm. Almost like looking past her. Okay. And she says, hi, mijo. It's not her time. Mijo. Mijo. Doesn't that mean like um, little boy? Well, niño is boy. Mijo. I don't know. I gotta look at it. Darling. Darling. Okay. Interesting. All right. So she says, hi, mijo. It's not her time. I looked behind me, but nobody was there. And she continued with the game. (coughs) Grandma. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What was that? I don't know. It wasn't me. Um, Everyone just laughed and brushed her off and kept playing the game. I walked into my room, and when I turned to look at the corner of the room, I saw him. Mm -hmm. A little boy with short hair, white eyes, and a smile that was half cut up to his ear. What the fuck? I wasn't scared. He was the little boy that would stand in the doorway when I was little, just smiling. You weren't nope. scared? I didn't shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> the older I got, the less frequent he would come to visit. It used to be monthly, and now it was only on Halloween. Oh, oh my god, what? I never felt afraid, but I was always just curious who he was. When I turned 22, I found out I was pregnant. The next week was Halloween, and for some reason I felt uneasy. Just like clockwork, Miho showed up at the corner of my room. But this time, he walked to the bed and sat at the end of it. Mm-mm. He didn't smile like he used to. Mm. He looked sad. My heart was pounding in my chest so loud I could hear it. And then he let out this cry of pain and ran so fast back to the corner of the room and disappeared. That was the first time I was afraid on Halloween. I had my firstborn in the beginning of fall. My anxiety was so high, I decided to co-sleep. Co-sleeping is when you let the baby sleep in bed with you. Mm. The lack of sleep during the newborn years sucks, but it wasn't the newborn stage. It was the thought that maybe I made Miho angry and he was coming for my baby. (sighs) Halloween came and I didn't sleep at all. I kept staring at the corner of my room, holding my baby with the lights on. I felt like throwing up, running, and crying all at once. Halloween came and went, but no Miho. I felt a sense of relief. Maybe because I had a baby, I was free and he moved on. Many Halloweens went by, and he never came to me. I completely forgot about him, after my firstborn turned seven. And then I saw two little lines. Baby number two. I cried because somehow this was different, and just as I felt this rush of fear, Miho was at the corner of my room. (gasps) He smiled, pointed to my stomach with one breath. He said, mine. (gasps) Oh, I just got chills. Look at all my arm hair. Oh my god. (sighs) My second born is one and a half years old. I haven't seen Miho since that day, but now I'm afraid of what he meant. I lay awake at night and always check my kids' rooms. I ask my firstborn if she's seen anything, and she always says no, but I can't help feeling he's coming for one of them, or maybe both. Oh my god. That is freaky. That is really fucking freaky. The white eyes and the the, the cut smile. I'm. 
Oh I don't know how the God. fuck you were not scared. And your grandma, like... Yeah, we need it. Is like, this like a, like a hereditary thing? Yeah, that's what I want to know. How did grandma know she just like, like who this to little him. boy is? Right. And then she just fucking goes back to the game like, right, right, oh, right. you can sleep on that. <laughs> no, grandma, I need answers right away. <laughs> Stop the game. It's over. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so... That's so creepy. Oh, I hate like those, like those stories about like fucking demons and shit coming for kids. Yeah, that's so creepy. Yeah, like the one listener tale that uh, at three a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oof, that or one- the one I don't know if it's the same one you're you're talking about, but the one where she was pregnant and she had a dream about a bundle of snakes and felt like she couldn't breathe mm-hmm. and then she had her baby and, and the was, cord was yes, wrapped around yes, the snake. yes yes <gasps> my god that's so creepy wow that's a that's quite a story wow thanks for sending that in Deb. please let us know if we see miho again yeah and let us like talk to your grandma yeah let us know is what it that's hereditary? About. Like, yeah what's going on interesting mm-hmm. all right so <laughs> i love the the subject is high, short, but creep. <laughs> I love it. All right. They say, hi, girlies. I love your podcast. I found it just a couple days ago and I'm already on episode 27. Yee. So I'm a bit behind, but I love it. So my whole childhood, we lived in my grandma's creepy ass house that was built in 1970. We moved a couple times, but somehow always ended up back at that house. Since I was a kid, my entire family has always known about the energy in the house. It was always a dark energy, but We've never known the history of the house. We had every single birthday party there. Even the people that didn't live there had their parties there. The house was always filled with laughter and kids running around everywhere. It was a very positive atmosphere. One night, my sister was on the phone with her boyfriend in our second living room that was in the middle of a long hallway. That living room was pretty big and had a huge window that you can see to the backyard. It never had blinds or curtains. As she sat on the couch, talking on the phone, in her other ear, she heard a child laugh and felt the breath right on her neck. Mm-mm. She literally got up and ran and screamed throughout the whole house, shaking so bad, telling us what had happened. She was so pale that she was truly terrified. Another incident was when I was about 11. I was in my bedroom and we always told my mom and my aunts about the house and how creepy it was. As Hispanics, they always ignore it and say things things like that don't exist. (coughs) Well, one day, I was on my bed with my sister and cousins, and one of our baskets just starts moving. It was empty and see-through. It literally just started moving as if someone was pushing it. We ran out screaming, telling everyone what happened, and they laughed and said we were liars. Oh my god. On another day, while my two aunts and my mom talked in in my room, out of nowhere, our basket for our clothes starts moving, legit from one side of the room to the other. They all witnessed it and laughed about it, being creeped out. When we all got home from school, they told us, and we laughed and said, see, we told you there was a ghost. (laughs) My brother, who would sleep in that second living room, would always see things in the hallway and hear footsteps. My other sister, who would sleep in the room next to us, thought it would be a good idea 
a good idea to paint her room all black. <laughs> she always felt like someone was staring at her or the room was full of people. Hmm. When I was younger, about nine, we had a radio that we used to listen to music and it would turn on by itself. One time we were dancing outside and had unplugged it. Or wait, had it plugged in on an outside outlet. The music changed, all weird and staticky, and we got scared. We turned it off, and it turned back on with the same noise. We disconnected the cord from the wall and from the actual radio. As we walked away, it turned on again. Mm-mm. We never used that thing again. I'm uh, good. <laughs> good life decisions yeah. right there. My grandma told us she had heard about a child that had died in the house, but we never actually confirmed that, but the house was so goddamn creepy. It's been in our family since 2003. Until this day, one of my aunts who witnessed the basket moving lives in it, now with her kids and husband. We haven't heard of anything scary happening in years, but those were just some very traumatic childhood years. My God. That story about the radio was like what happened to me and my sister. Creep, creep. You're right. Short Short but but creep. creep. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my god. All right. This one says, I have recently found your podcast while listening to another true crime podcast. Unlike the other podcast, you guys asked for listeners to send in their odd stories, so I felt obliged to tell mine. This is long, but please bear with me. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. (laughs) In 2018, my now ex-husband and I separated, and my three children and I moved into a smaller home about 15 minutes away. This home is smaller, but I don't mind it because it was a fresh start for my family and I. I can contribute a lot that happened that year to the stress of a divorce, but this specific situation, mm -hmm, this specific (laughs) English, English, please. But this specific situation, I'm not sure about. It took some time, but about two years later, I started dating again. I reconnected with an old friend and we hit it off. He too was fresh out of a divorce, but he was much older than I, about 10 years, so I thought he was more mature. We would spend time at each other's houses, hanging out, but he never stayed the night. I never felt... Oh, but I never stayed the night. I never felt comfortable at his home. Hmm. At first, I thought it was due to the fact that I was with the same man for eight years and he was with the same woman for ten, so maybe it's because it's just new and weird. Mm -hmm. I shook that feeling off because it didn't seem to fit. It was a different, uncomfortable feeling, like I wasn't wanted there. Hmm. It would start becoming slightly weirder if I had to walk down his hallway. I felt someone walking alongside me, Mm. and then eyes watching me everywhere else I would be inside of the house. It grew steadily more uncomfortable with time, to the point that I would make excuses not to go to his home. Immediately after going to his house, I would start having strange dreams. Dreams of fire. Dreams of a weird old lady with wrinkly skin. All vague and not much meaning behind it. Didn't think much of it. Bad dreams. Whatever. Now this guy, call him Steve. Stingy. (sighs) Stingy Jack. (laughs) As soon as I said it, I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I saw it on your face. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Now, this guy, his name is Steve. We'll call him Steve. I've known him for a while, about 17 years. I first met him through my first love when I was a teen. They were both best friends. 
FYI, this will all make sense later. Mm-hmm. Her first love, she calls him Jim. So, today, Jim has been deceased for about eight years. Mm-hmm. But they both stayed very close. One night, I had a dream about Jim. Seeing how he was deceased at the time, I knew to listen to what he had to say, because I always heard that loved ones visit you when they die. Jim, being my first love and what I considered a twin a twin flame, oh, oh that's, that's too bad, I always wondered why he never visited me after eight years. In this dream, he told me to be careful and that he loved me, but he was worried. Very, very worried. And he told me that he wanted to be with me and protect me, but couldn't. That dream was so real that I woke up and thought he was still alive. I remember thinking, why was he so worried? I recalled telling Steve about it, and he just listened and took everything in. I still didn't go to his house much because of the feeling I would get, so I thought that was the reason for no feedback. Steve picked up on the fact that I never wanted to come over after some time went by and asked me why I was being so weird one day. I kept putting it off and not telling him, so instead he would come to my home or meet or meet me during the day for a day date or play date for our children. One day he and I got into an argument. I can't remember looking back, but it was pretty heated. I was extremely tired afterward because the argument wore me out. I went to bed that night and fell into a deep sleep almost immediately. The next thing I remember, I was wide awake, eyes open, gasping for air. I felt hands around my throat, but there was nobody around me. I was paralyzed and could move nothing but my eyes. I remember being petrified. I absolutely know I wasn't dreaming because to this very day, my eyes were opened. It's like it's almost like sleep, sleep paralysis. paralysis. Yeah. My room was even lit up from a small nightlight, and I felt the hands squeeze tighter and tighter as my chest started feeling heavy, like I had an elephant sitting on it. My eyes darted over across the room to the left behind my closet, and to my horror was a black figure. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> this figure was tall, every bit of eight feet. It had nothing specific except an outline, no facial features, just a silhouette. A hat? Did it have a hat on? <laughs> this is always my question. I know. <laughs> the outline was a mass of darkness with long, thin arms and even creepier long hands and fingers. Mm-hmm. The weird thing is, it wasn't even touching me. It was across the room, but I knew it was causing my suffering. The figure was holding up one arm, extended its hand, and grasped the air, clutching nothing but air, which to my surprise choked me harder. This continued for some time, but I'm not sure how long. All I know is that at one final point, I thought to myself, it must not be so bad to just stop breathing. I need to let go. Oh my god. Oh my god. god. I started drifting out of consciousness, and suddenly, Jim's voice in my head screamed for me to say, the Lord's Prayer in my head three times. Now, being from the Bible Belt, <laughs> we're born on Christianity. I haven't been to church in many years since. But by golly, I prayed in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no sooner than I did this, I shit you not, the figure dissipated into thin air. Poof. Gone. The scariest moment of my life. 
Fast forward to a day later and I was telling Steve about this incident. I was at first scared to, but something told me I needed to. That's when he told me that the same thing happens to him. Thinking to myself that I'm glad I found someone else who has been through this, he continued. He said that he's always had that problem since he bought the house. He decided to do research on the house back then, about 16 years ago, and found that there was mass amounts of tragedies attached to the property. Stabbings, disappearances, and one lady, an elderly, wrinkly lady, was burned alive with all of her animals inside. Oh my god. It was an unsolved homicide. Mm-mm. Then I thought about Jim visiting me and telling me to be careful. Mm-hmm. It made sense now. He was warning me of being at Steve's house. Apparently, Steve said he's tried to have the house blessed, but when he does, it makes the spirits there stir up and crazy shit happens. Like his house will flood, pipes will burst, or the electricity will go out. Or once he said he was at work and came home to find the animals, two of his dogs, had died. Just like that last Yes. The last episode. Oh my. Whatever it was at Steve's house attached to me and tried to choke me. Not long after this realization, I cut ties with him. I felt that this bad omen was around him and I didn't want any part of it. So far, it's been three years, and nothing has happened. Nothing has happened since I quit talking to him. That is wild. I'm telling Mm-mm. you, it's like that residual energy yeah. thing. Like mm-hmm. all this bad shit happens, that and is... it leaves behind like a just. Oh God, I don't know. That is freaky. <sighs> wow. <sighs> well, so she did include her name at the end. But she didn't say whether or not I could use it. So, I don't know. Okay. Meow. Meow. She'll know. It's her story. Yes. <laughs> okay. Our next one is from Jessica. My name is Jessica and I am from Newfoundland, Canada. I don't know why, but I'm so fascinated with Newfoundland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's cute. Since I was a small child, this story has been told throughout my family and is proven to actually be true. In 1955, when my grandfather was 15, my great-grandfather, Raymond McGinn, and his son, Donald McGinn, this was my grandfather's father and brother. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) So confused. My, okay, so her great-grandfather and her grandfather. Okay, that's all we need to know. Okay. Right? So, um... The two of them set out in the early September morning to go bird hunting. The lake they were going to was about an hour and a half away. It was there they would head out in a boat for the day. At the end of the day, Raymond and his son Donald didn't return home. The next day, my grandfather's uncle and family would begin their search. They spent the next 12 hours searching for the men, but every search was unsuccessful. They came to a collective agreement that the boat must have capsized and they drowned. Donald was not a strong swimmer, and more than likely, Raymond drowned trying to save him. The family took this very hard, and it was devastating to not bring any bodies home. That's so sad. Oh my god. The night before the one-year anniversary of their disappearance, my grandfather's grandfather, so her Mm great-grandfather, was getting ready to head to bed for the night when his wife, Daisy, said to him, Now listen, 
tomorrow is a day of mourning. We're going to stay home, remember our time with them. We're not going to go searching, we're going to rest and remember. <laughs> he agreed with his wife and went to bed. This is when my great-great-grandfather, Malcolm, had a dream that his son came to him in his sleep and showed him where to find his body. My grandfather's father, Raymond, came to his father, Malcolm. I'm trying to yeah, follow. Yeah, okay. So it's her Her second great-grandfather is the one who had a dream that his son, which would be her great-grandfather, one of the guys that went missing, mm -hmm. came to him in his sleep to show him where to find his body. Jeez. The next day, Malcolm decided he couldn't ignore this unearthly sign and he had to go see for himself if he could find his son. So he set out to Sandy Lake, Newfoundland, an hour and a half away from their home. He went to the exact spot his son had showed him. That was when he found his son's body. Oh my god. Wow. They never did find my grandfather's brother's body. There has been a headstone put in place for him, but the grave remains empty. My entire family believes, had my great-great-grandfather not had this dream, my great-grandfather's father's body would never be found, would have never been found. Right. I hope this isn't too confusing, and I look forward to hearing it. That's nuts. That is so crazy. Wow. <sighs> the fact that, like, in the afterlife, he's, like, resolving his own... Right missing persons case right insane Dang. wow i'm i'm sorry that that's happened to your family too that yeah. that would be really tough wow all right so our next one is this one's from caitlin she says the story isn't really about me it's about my mom not sure if you'd like to tell it or not but my mom used to be an emt and she would tell me all different kinds of stories and things she came across while working. There's one she told me I'll never forget. They responded to a gunshot wound, not knowing if the person was still alive or not. Well, her and her co-workers arrived on site. The cops were talking to the husband, and he just kept repeating to the cops that his wife was depressed and that she shot herself. Mm, that's a little fishy. So my mom walks into the house and sees the man's wife laying on the floor in the living room, gunshot wound to the head. Judging from a distance, my mom looks at her coworker and says, she's gone. There's no way she survived this. I'm not going to go into that much detail about it, but you can use your imagination. While my mom and her coworker go to kneel down by the woman to check for a pulse, there's nothing. While my mom is kneeling beside this woman, she heard her speak. She thought she was going crazy. She looked at the other co-worker and said, Did you hear that? She said, Yes, I did. My mom said, Ma'am, if you can hear me, you're going to have to say that one more time, please. You're going to have to say that one more time, ma'am. My mom's co-worker runs outside and gets one of the cops to come in and told the cop to listen. She has something to say. He didn't believe them. He said, No way. They told him, No, you have to get beside her. She has something she needs to say. So he did. And she whispers to the cop with her last breath that her husband shot her. This woman had no pulse, no heartbeat, nothing. Mm. 
but she wanted them to know that her husband did this to her. It still gives me chills to this day, knowing even typing this story out gives me chills. Wow, how insane with her last breath. She's like, don't let this motherfucker get away yes. with it. God. Wow, how tragic. Like, your fucking husband's going to shoot you and then try to say, oh, she's depressed. She did it to herself. Fuck you, man. Wow. That's that's freaky. <sighs> God. No right. pulse. Yeah, how does that? I don't know. How does that work? I've heard of that happening, though. I, I have a story. <laughs> Tell me. So my grandma mm-hmm. passed away when my dad was 18 from cancer. Mm-hmm. So I never knew her. She passed away before I was born. Um, but she's always been like a huge part of my life. You know this. So my um, great uncle, my grandma's brother, was on his deathbed and was like not even responsive. Mm-hmm. Couldn't speak. Nothing. He had that happen, like, where he flatlined, and then all of a sudden, and this is backed up by a lot of my family, because they were all in the room with him. He flatlined, sat up with tears coming down his face, and started calling my grandma's name. Oh, my God. And then died. Yeah. Ooh. Which is kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of comforting in a way because it's like, does that mean my grandma was like coming to get him to bring him to the other side type of thing? I don't know. I would hope so. But yeah, that, very is, weird. that is weird. Yeah, especially because like I've never, um, I was probably like, I don't know, a teenager before I even saw what my grandma looked like. Mm-hmm. But I used to have dreams of her laying in bed next to me. And then when I saw a picture of her for the first time, you're like, oh my God. I recognized her. I was like, that's my grandma. Like, how fucking cool is that? But yeah, anyways, that's, that's, my, crazy. that's my little story. I have a little story. Let me let me hear it. <clears throat> okay. So I work with uh, H2A, right? I don't um, know what that is. That. It's like uh, migrant workers. Okay. From um, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty close with this guy named Maiolo. He's my little harvester helper. And just recently he was telling me that a bunch of the guys have been like screaming in their sleep and they like they all live together, right? So like like the guys that work with you? Yes. Okay. There's like a big a big camp yeah. of them. Yeah. And so like they'll scream and then someone will go and like wake them up and like it's like it's good it's fine like wake up and it's been happening to several of them and they all have a dream that this like woman is choking <gasps> them what the fuck is that about i don't know i was like um <laughs> oh my god yes so they're all having not all of them, dream. but well, not all of them, a but lot of them. The ones who are experiencing are all having the same, the same dream. Yes, they're like screaming in their sleep. What? That's so creepy. I know. I know. How long ago did he tell you about that? Like, is this a recent thing? Yeah, probably within the last like two, three weeks. Wow. I wonder if it's still happening. Can you imagine if it's like 
every every day or every so often oh like gosh. it happens to a new person and it's just like spreading oh my it's contagious I don't know. how creepy is I, that i know i know yeah oh my god mm-hmm. Ugh. i don't like that i was like mm-hmm. shared experiences like that with like dreams fuck that freak shit. me out yes absolutely. how is that even possible yes oh and he said he like called his grandma and told her about it and she said to put a thing of garlic in his bed really yes and he did and he's like i'm good it it really yeah. it worked uh-huh wow i know it's like some vampire shit <laughs> <laughs> wow that's insane i know oh my god yeah, I got it. it's so spooky i know i know i like want to look up where they live and like what the fuck happened yeah that's a good point maybe it's maybe they're having that shared experience like that's the one thing in common with all of those men is that they're living in that building together and it's only building 10 i guess really yes something went down there i know it has to be it's gotta be something creepy but also like the company manzana it's owned by this guy named lawrence and I'm just gonna say he's a fucking shit bag, and they do not treat them right. I don't know. I just mm. get real just fucking bad vibes. Yes, like last year, this guy fell when he was picking apples and he broke his rib, oh and they God. were like, "Either take ibuprofen and continue to work, or go home." Cause what? It, yeah, because heaven forbid you be here and not make money for me. Oh my god, that's like or and they like don't take them don't take them to the freaking doctor. That's so fucked up. I know. It makes me so mad. Is there not like legal repercussions? I don't know. I mean, I've looked into it. It's not like they're working illegally. <sighs> no. They're nope, there they they're there with a visa. Mhm. That's so fucked up. I know. I know. Wow. I know. It makes me really fucking mad. Is there anything we can do, like, about that? I don't know. I Because I, like, there are a few older guys at my work mm-hmm. um, who are from Mexico, and we've kind of briefly spoken a- about it. And um, I think that a lot of the guys, like, are afraid to even say anything, to have any Yeah, they don't want to be a problem because... Right. Then they, they'll lose the opportunity. Right. And this opportunity is, is huge for them. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's crazy. That's so messed up. I know. Wow. I know. Wow. It's a horror story on its own. Yeah. No kidding. Any uh, lawyers out there? Yeah. No, yeah. Look into Manzana. Right. Lorenzo. Fucking Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me see what else we got. We'll end on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, they don't mention their name, so I'm not going to say it. They say, love the podcast. It's one of the few podcasts my ADHD ass can focus on. Oh, my God. It's probably because we both have ADHD. My story comes from when I was a collection caretaker at a house museum in Charleston, South Carolina. That sounds like a cool... What is that again? A, A... a collection caretaker huh. at a museum. That's neat. That sounds really cool. I would You've love got to a do neat that. job. Yeah. I was in college at the time. Charleston is one of the most haunted places in the country for various reasons. Mm-hmm. It's old. 
It was where the Civil War started. It had lots of enslaved people, you name it. I not only lived in a house from the 18th century, but I attended a school that predates the country. Wow. Oh my gosh. The house museum I interned at was home to several spirits. My job was to get there an hour before the museum opened so I could clean, remove dust covers, open the pocket doors and shutters, etc. There were several stories the old ladies who gave tours there would tell me, but one really stuck because I experienced it myself. I would think I would hear footsteps when I was the only one there, and that was fine. No, it's not. It's not fine. (laughs) Spirits will walk around and do their thing, no problem. Sometimes I would think I would catch a glimpse of a petticoat hem in the mirrors. That's cool. Maybe they're still checking their hems 150 years later. (laughs) I love this. But there was nothing quite like the worry window. This was a window that one of the former residents would pace by during the Civil War, waiting to see if her husband was coming home. Oh my god, that's so sad. The ladies would tell me that this window felt heavy and cold. I never had an issue with it. I would get to work and open the shutters and go about my work without any issue. Except one night, when I had to stay late to close the museum. I make my way around the house, draping the dust covers, closing the pocket doors, closing the shutters. I got to the window and I felt this chill. Like a heavy chill. Mm -hmm. As if there was an invisible, cold object in front of it. Something about this window felt wrong. As I went to shut the shutters, I felt this heaviness and felt like someone was standing behind me, as if they were reaching out to tell me not to close the shutters. Mm. I turned around and no one was there. I began to close the last shutter and felt a pressure on my shoulder, and I bolted out of there. Yeah. I came to find out later that there was a lot of electric wiring in the wall near that window, So it could have caused me to feel uneasy. No way. No, there's no. Definitely something attached to that window. However, there was another window. I don't know how to say this word. She's too smart for me. (laughs) Equidescent? Ah, fuck if I know. know. We we ain't educated. (laughs) Anyways, you know what I mean. Um, There was another window, something from the wires. (laughs) Yeah. Please look up out of <laughs> it. looks like equi- equidistant. Equidescent. Can you spell it for me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> it's E Q U I D I S T A N T. Two objects are equidistant from a point if the distance I know what it means. I don't know how to pronounce it. (laughs) Fuck you. God. Is it equidistant? Because you just said it with ease. Like (laughs) her voice is weird. Equidistant. Who the fuck is that child? (laughs) Googled? (laughs) Okay, so it is equidistant. Equidistant. (laughs) I think I said it wrong the the first time, but I think I corrected myself. Anyways, I'll read that again. You know, just have her voice fill in for me, actually. (laughs) Okay, so, however, 
there was another window equidistant from the wires to the worry window, and I never felt anything stand behind me there. Spooky. Mm -hmm. I still feel that ghostly hand from time to time. Mm. No, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, um, first of all, anything that has to do with the Civil War, definitely haunted. You can't. You can't change my mind. Mm-mm. That, the worry window, I've never heard of such a thing, but that sounds so sad. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's so sad. It, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, something attached to it in the afterlife. I mean. Yeah, I mean, just the fact of where it is. Yeah. Like. So, I wonder if, like, a house museum, I wonder if that's, like, a historical home Mm-hmm. That they have turned, turned into it, yeah. a museum. I would for, assume so. For the Civil War era. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. What an interesting job. Yeah. Kind you're of jealous. Jealous. You're, you're cool. You're smart. Yeah, you're cool as fuck. <laughs> you're so smart. Equidistant. Yeah. <laughs> so smart. I love how you use that word. Well, thank you for your stories, guys. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I love listening Yay. to you Um. Well... It's no longer, it's not going to be Halloween by the time you guys hear this. It's going to be November. (laughs) What? Already? Wow. My Halloween decor will still be up 100%. Yeah. When do you take yours down? Whenever whenever I feel like it. There's no, there's no day. There's no like, maybe, maybe before Thanksgiving probably. (laughs) That's usually like within a week. Yeah. Of Thanksgiving. Like fine, whatever. Yeah, I think Til so, too. Till next year. I think that's what we did. See, we didn't really decorate for Halloween last year because we had, you a had a baby baby. Yeah. But the year before, when we had our party, yes. I feel like we kept it up until Thanksgiving because we worked so hard to put that all together. Yeah. And I, I was can't like, imagine. I'm not going to let this go to waste. I want everyone to see our <laughs> our work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Excellent. we'll probably stay up for a few more weeks now. Good. Well, thank you for joining us on this Listener Tales episode. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week, and you'll hear this Friday, so have a great weekend. Wow! Stay safe out there. And remember to always always keep keep it spooky. spooky!